morning we are going to honor the Lord and, and honor each other by receiving communion together today. Something that is reserved for the church. Jesus instituted this because he knew we needed to be reminded and he knew how much we need one another. And so in preparation for receiving the table of the Lord, every one of us taking our place before the Lord today and remembering what our CPA is. No, not our certified public accountant, but remembering our calling before God, remembering the purpose for which God died for us, and remembering the assignment God has given each of us. And if by chance you don't know what that is, that's one of the great motivations for you not missing the time that we gather together, not missing the, the gathering of the saints, because it's in the midst of the, of the body of Christ, of the specific family that God has set you in. That's where you discover the things I'm speaking of. This is when you come to grips with God's call on your life. Look, just um, for heart and memory uh, purpose, find a neighbor's eyes, look at them and say, don't forget, God called you before the foundation of the world. Yeah, it's kind of heavy. God Almighty actually brought you here for a purpose. Find somebody else and tell them there's a purpose for which you were born. It's another way of saying that. This might even be more effective. You are not an accident. You are on purpose. And the, and the last thing I want you to be reminded of in this sequence this morning is that you have an assignment to complete and I, I want you to press into God so that you can fulfill that assignment amen so I was sitting there and I when I keep hearing songs I decided I, I probably we should sing them um, in fact, I know you know this song. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. How many of you feel that way? Is it okay if you stand and lift your hands to the Lord about that? Jesus, I love you. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than you. Jesus, I love you. I worship and adore you. Yeah. Just want to tell you, 
get some of the praise team members to come. I worship Him. Jesus Christ. 
I'm asking, Lord, today that what you purchased for us, we would receive and walk in it. Thank you for that spiritual transaction today that happens when our understanding is made clear and our wills say yes. Strengthen us today, Lord. Strengthen us today. Empower us, Lord. Make us fit for the calling when we've been called. Equip us for our assignment. And may your purpose be burned in our hearts. I thank you for this. I thank you for the fruit thereof. It's in Jesus' name we pray today. All the house of God say it. Yes, amen. Clap your hands to the throne of God. Clap your hands to the heaven, the heavenly host. understand it, it's because you have not experienced it yet. How grateful we are to him today. And our gratitude toward him translates into something. Our gratitude toward him translates into power for us. As you know, this is first fruit season and I want us to be put in remembrance of that. And keep that in our minds of who you are. You actually, I'm looking at right now in this time space, I'm looking at the first fruits of those who shall come to Jesus. Can I put it this way? I'm looking at the first fruits of what God will fill this building with again and again and again. And if you believe that, clap your hands and give him praise. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm curious, what, what were those notes you were playing? What, is that a song? Those notes just then you were playing just now, is that a song? Okay, I, 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 I start hearing stuff, you know. I don't know what that is. Actually, it's a song, it's a theme song, Notes of Beauty and the Beast. Which I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. Uh, amen. Uh, I was the beast. I was the beast. And, uh, and it was his beauty that transformed me. Do you get it? Look at Psalm 103. I want to, I want to open a package for you this morning. I want you to draw from it. Everyone here who needs it, I want you to receive it. 
those of you that are listening and see me online today, I'm, I'm opening uh, one of the gifts that was provided for you when God redeemed and he purchased your life and paid for it in full. So there is nothing more that needs to be added. God the Father is completely and absolutely satisfied. And since he did not create robots, how many of you have been online to get access to a certain site and they say, are you a robot? God, I want you to click, click the box. I am not a robot. I'm a living person. If you're not a robot today, God expects you to receive. Click the box so you can receive your gift. <laughs> this is the Psalm of David. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's one of my favorite Psalms. I woke up, actually, I actually woke up quoting this Psalm this morning. And I was asking the Lord for what to share with you. Sometimes I get it much earlier, but this morning I woke up with this Psalm and I just, I didn't know what I was going to share, but I walked, I went in this morning and began to look at it and said, Lord, this is an incredible package. Psalm 103 verses, actually it's 19 verses. I'm not going to do them all, but I want to open this package. And this is the way the psalmist begins. He says, bless the Lord. <laughs> bless the Lord, oh my soul. David talks about his soul. He really is talking about the inner person, all his mind, all of his will, and all of his emotions. And, and why people get upset about those of us who go spastic in worship is just because their whole, their whole soul ain't been touched by God yet. You just don't know him that way. I'm not suggesting that everyone has to be at the same temperature emotionally when they worship, but one thing is true. When God seriously touches your life, you will not be a stagnant pool. There'll be ripples in your life. There'll be movement in your life, and, and people will know. David said that he begins his psalm, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. David is commanding his mind, will, and emotions to give honor and praise to God Almighty. David was so demonstrative in his worship until he, his wife was ashamed of him. That first wife that was given to him by Saul, Saul's daughter. She got indignant at David when he finally got the presence of God back into Israel for which he lived for. And the Bible says he put on an ephod, it's like a priest garment, and danced. I don't know what step he was taking, but he, the Bible says he danced with all his might. <laughs> which is, I think, I think we need to, uh, we need to find a way to bring back dance in our worship. I heard one theologian recently say just because they dance in the Old Testament is no theological grounds for you to dance in the New Testament. Well, I don't know, I don't know what Jesus you serve in. And I thought 
if I understood the scripture completely, the, the, the Old Testament is actually the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. They all work together as one Bible. So it seems to me that um, if you praise the Lord in the New Testament, it's okay. It's all right if you bless him with all that's within you. And that you're not going to tell your neighbor, you're not going to offend God if, you, if you're so happy about what he's done that you start dancing. Open the package, Flynn. Okay, so he said, bless the Lord. Then he said it again. Then he said it again. Second, second verse. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And don't forget. Forget none of his, come on, benefits. What? And then he starts naming them. Quickly with me, ponder this before we, we renew covenant with God in this meal. He said, here's what's in the package. Here's your benefits. If you go on a job and you work your job, they always tell you what your benefits are. Am I right about it? Your employee has already fixed into your salary certain bennies. We call them bennies because we don't use that term anymore because where I come from, the bennies, you know, bennies, you know, the pill. Okay, now. Benadryl. We're not Benadryl or what other stuff they take. Y'all know what it is. Some of y'all were there. He said, here's what's in the package. The Lord God pardons. This is amazing to me, by the way. Uh, pardons or forgives or takes off your record. Are you, are you breathing there, saints? He said, he pardons. Come on, help me. He pardons. I mean, I, uh, what does all mean? By the way, uh, there's, if you look in the Greek and you look at the meaning of all, it means all. Amen. So it's, it's quite amazing. Um, he, said, he said he pardons. And this word pardon, it actually is, it's, it's a, it means to remove it from the record. So it's as if it never happened. What? Pardons all my, and this is something we don't talk about enough, this word iniquity. Just, just track with me for a moment before we take this meal together. One of the things we don't talk about enough <clears throat> is the meaning of the word iniquity. It's actually quite a deep word. It, it, it means evil. It means perverseness. Things that are perverted. It's another synonym for sin, but when you say sin, it, uh, our English translation can cause that to mean many different things. But iniquity is actually is deeper. The word iniquity, it's like it's what is the cause of sin. Sin, in many cases, as it's used, refers to the very acts, rebellious acts against God's law. But iniquity is that stuff, that funky stuff. The root, it's the, the it's where the smell comes from. And many times as a believer, you allow the blood of Jesus to forgive your sins, but you've not acknowledged that he's taken away the very cause, the iniquity, the stuff, that, that motivation deep within it that, that moves you to do some crazy stuff we do. Am I talking? Are you all right? 
This is in your package. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pardon. I'm going to remove all your iniquities from you. Then he says, and then I'm going to heal all of your diseases. And I want to put in this here because there are some mental issues that are diseases. If you want to, you want to alliterate the word diseases. I want you to think about it this way. If, you're, if your thinking ain't right and you're always disturbed and you're always questioning who you are and, and, and how you were made and, and how you were rejected and you're wrestling with whether or not you're good enough and you're struggling whether or not, whether or not you're even supposed to be here there's some people I'm talking to right now are wrestling with whether they should even be here. God says, I got a package for you. I paid for this. It's already in full. What a shame if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't open it and use it. I've forgiven. I've taken away your iniquity, that deep inner perverseness. And I have caused all of the disease. By the way, dis-ease it was create is a result of that iniquity and sin. Disease comes because sin exists. So many people, their sickness, their physical sickness is the result of their sins. This is so heavy until doctors now begin to look in, into the connection between your emotional state and your cancer. In fact, they now have concluded that bone cancer is connected to, we call it iniquity, but they, 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 they call it your, your guilt or, or, or your, your, um, your, your, your sin or your unwholesome acts. And the scripture does validate the fact that when, when you act in a way opposite of the law of God, op, when you act in a way opposite of his righteousness, when you commit issues that, that offend the very nature of God, that the result of that starts working negatively in your bones. By the way, it's in your bone marrow that your very blood is created. Your blood is manufactured inside of your bones. And when people have bone cancer, man, you talk about complete corruption. Jesus said, I, I've come to heal that disease. Wow. David said, don't you forget this in there. It's in your package. You still with me? Don't throw, away that, don't throw away the package. Don't, don't do some, what some believers do. Like, again, there's some gifts, and because they're suspicious of who gave it to them, they don't never open it. Sometimes because the package comes in a, in a cover that it comes, you, like, it must not be nothing, and you don't know, you have no idea that old toe up, uh, 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 <laughs> water-stained, muddy envelope, you have got no idea how much is in there. Some people treat God's gifts that way. He pardons your iniquities. He heals, excuse me, how many of your diseases? 
Yeah, if you look in Hebrew and you look up the word all, guess what it means? Number four, verse four. He, and then he said, this is awesome to me. And then he redeems your life from the pit. David is suggesting here, he's, he's act, actually indicating that you belong in the pit. If we are to be judged by our attitudes and our actions toward God the Father, we deserve to be in that pit. Mm. He said, what, I, what, I'm, what I've done for you is I've paid the complete price for you so you no longer are a slave in that pit. I've, I've, I've purchased you. I'm now declaring that you are not belonging to the maker of the, to the to the master of the pit you now belong to me come out of there quit living like there's no hope quit living in that trapped place you you create for yourself where you never see the light of your future where you beat yourself up where you hide from the reality of life and from even from your CPA. And a lot of believers are in a pit of despair, hiding from their calling, their purpose, and their assignment. David said, what I'm done, what the Lord has done, here's, here's, why, here's why I'm shouting and praising him with all my might. Because he has redeemed me. I no longer am owned by the slave master. Satan is no longer my, my Lord. And then he says something really crazy. Then he said, not only did, not only did I, then not only did I remove the, your iniquities like you never sinned, and that I healed the result of, your, of all, and I called you to be mine, I'm going to put something on your head. When you look up the word crown, it, it, it really refers to that which surrounds me. I'm going to crown you. One reason why it's a crown, because we are no longer slaves. We are now we are now royalty. It's amazing to me how, now, now unfortunately, the, the world uses two terms. It refers to men as kings and women as queens. My queen, come here, my queen. Y'all heard that online? Y'all heard that, right? Come here, my king. Unfortunately, that is king of what? Queen of what? Believers, men and women of God. We are the true sons and daughters of God. We are the true kings and queens. And our kingship and our and 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 and, and, and the fact that you are a queen is because of who crowned you. God, David said, um, you crowned me with, check this out, loving kindness. King James says, in tender mercies. You crowned me with loving kindness and compassion. 
And by the way, saints, you can tell whether you truly are his, his daughter, his son, and you can tell who's, you can tell who your daddy is by how you treat other people. Let's try that again. You can tell who your father is by the way you treat other people. Because the father, when he's crowned you, identified you as his, it was loving kindness and tender mercy. And when God does that towards you, guess what you do toward other people? It might be one reason why people do not smile when you come in the door. It might be one reason why people don't grab a tape to your table at lunch if you're in school. It might be one reason why you feel like, you know, you're kind of just alone because you're not, you're not tender, you're not kind, you don't have compassion. I want to promise you, a person who has loving kindness and compassion coming from them toward other people will never have a friend problem. People are drawn to people who are compassionate and are kind. By the way, guys, how many single bros in the building today? Raise your hand. Online, if you're single, put it in the chat box right there. I'm single. How many single men? Single men. I said bros. How many single men in the house? We got one. Oh, Jesus. Two. I see that hand, Dave. Three, I see the hand. I don't want to see them after next year. I don't want to see them hands up. Okay, so anyway, anyway, uh, um, uh, if, 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 you, if you're single, if you're single, if you're a single guy, let me give you a tip of how to get a great gal. Would you like to hear it? How about you online? Would you like to hear how to get a great gal? You're single and you're a guy and you might be a little older, excuse me, more mature. Uh, you might have lost a few girls. You might have kicked some girls to the curb and now you're trying to get it back together again. Your first situation didn't, didn't, didn't last. Your second didn't, situation didn't last. But, and you're just wondering, you, you might be thinking, maybe I want to give up on this. I don't know if I want to do this or not again. But you really need a woman because you don't have the gift of celibacy. Because <laughs> if you ain't, you know, if you don't need to, it's a gift. Let the church say amen. amen. Otherwise, if you want to, you ain't got the gift. Amen. But you say, I want, I want to be married. I want, I want a girl. I want to, how do you, how do you get that? Let me give you one of the top. It might be number one attribute that you start working on that will, I promise you, will attract. Have you ever figured out how ugly guys can get such beautiful women? <laughs> Don't laugh, you might be one of them. <laughs> But you know, I look at somebody and I say, hmm, Lord have mercy. Yeah. You, you worked that out, didn't you? Worked it out now, didn't you? <laughs> Do you know how, you know, how, you know, you know why? You know why? Because the one attribute in a, bro, in a brother, in a man, I don't mean, when I say a brother, I don't mean a black man. 
I don't mean that, amen. One attribute of men, men, males, I do, there is a distinction in my speaking right now, but the difference between male and female. I'm talking to M-A-L-E, males. Those who were born biologically male because they have what it takes, amen, to reproduce another male, amen. I'm just trying to make it clear. All right, so because today you got to be clear because you don't know what you don't know what they saying today. I looked on television another day and I was still, I saw a person being appointed to a major position in this country, and I knew immediately this is a M A L E, but it was dressed like a F E M A L E, and I'm going, oh Jesus. Well, I'm talking to the men. One of the number one attributes of receiving a beautiful woman is exactly what David was praising God with all of his heart. Loving kindness and tender mercies. See, a man who is lovingly kind, in fact, the, beauty, the Bible says your, 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 your kindness actually it makes you beautiful. So you might be ugly. Now to God, ain't nobody ugly, but you know how we judge people, you know. You might be ugly, ugly, but when you are kind, when you are kind, saints, I mean this business, when you are kind, it's amazing how you transform. You open your mouth, it's like sunshine. Oh, my God. You might, you might be ugly, you might be portly, you might be, you know, you may not be tall. You, you may not be tall. Big feet, you know. David said, uh, Lord, you, 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 here's how you won me, Lord. Here's how you won me. It was your, it was your tender, your, your, your loving kindness. What made David run after God with all his heart was his, God's loving How did God, how did God win his bride? Loving kindness tender mercy I want you to take the package today when we drink together when we eat together this meal I want you to receive it I want you to say this is how I'm going to act if you're having difficulty in your relationships which most people are having today what is lacking is your kindness and your mercy It comes from God. It originates from him. That's what he showed toward you when you were so unlovable, uh, unlovable when you were so ugly and so de detestable. What he did, he showed up on the scene and he poured on you, lavished over you his kindness. The Bible talks about his kind intention toward us. David said, I got a 
I won't close the package, but I'll at least give it. He's going to, for Lord have mercy, pardon you, going to forgive you, then heal you, then buy you back, redeem you, and then crown you. Are you still there? And then verse 5 says what? He will satisfy you. What, don't, isn't there a song? Isn't there a song about satisfy? How it go, bro? How it go? You don't know that song? You, 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 you will satisfy. You will satisfy. Do you remember that? You will satisfy me. He will satisfy. Man, might be one we, we might want to learn. Amen. Who, who satisfies your years with good things. Lift your hands to the Lord in expectation that things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. Good things are coming. Lift your hands. Things are going to get better. Good things are coming. It's not going to always be bad for you. God will pour out over you. Open the package and receive in the name of Jesus. Lift your expectation. Good things are coming my way. Good things, good relationships. Good relationships are coming your way. Open doors are coming your way. Gifts and surprises are coming your way. Health and healing is coming your way. I'm going to satisfy you where you have longed, where you have languished. I'm going to satisfy you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, begin to clap your hands and bless him in expectation. I'm going to satisfy your years with good things. 365 days a year, God is going to pour out his goodness on me, on you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. In fact, God is pouring out his goodness. And some of you, that rain of goodness has not touched you. You're not wet with it because you got your, your unbelief umbrella up. goodness of God all around you, the crown of God available to you, the healing of God right there on the plate, the forgiveness of God right there before you live. Once you live in unforgiveness, you invite all the other curses to come. I believe this list that he gives us is in order. I believe it's in successive order. And the first thing he says, I'm going to take care of that sin issue. Is that awesome? Good things, he said, I'm going to supply. He said, in fact, he says it. He said, I'm going to do this. <laughs> he said, I'm going, it's not just one year. Look at the plural on there. He says, I'm going to satisfy your what? Years. By the way, this is amazing because one translator says it can be, it can be translated desire. You know, when your desires are godly, he said, I'm going to satisfy you. Uh, okay, I'll, 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 and I'm going to end it with this one. The result of this, now some of you need to receive this right now and eat it and swallow it and make it stay down. Amen. Tell ain't nothing coming out on the other side. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you breathing, saints? Because this last one, I, I want, it, it really hit me in the face what it means. It's, an, it, it's, it's really amazing. 
He said, I'm going to satisfy your years with good things. And I want, to, I want everybody in here who is at least middle age, at least 50 and older, I, I, I want you to hear this. Because by the grace of God, my wife and I are recipients of this verse. So I went back to minister at, at a church that I hadn't ministered in many, many years. In fact, it's probably been 15, 20 years since I've ministered in that church. And I was in that church this weekend. And, and some of the members that were there were still there. And my wife and I, we walked in and we started, you know, hugging people. And it was a wonderful reunion. And, and at the end of the meeting, one of the leaders came up to me and said, said Bishop, well, Bishop, well, when you came in, uh, I didn't know what to do. I, I had to do a double take. Lord, you, man, you look so good. Uh, man, I don't know what you, man, and you're moving like you got life. What, I don't know what you got. What is, <laughs> I'm going to tell you my secret. Are you all there? All right, here it goes. He says, he's going to satisfy you with good years, satisfy your years or your desires with good things. By the way, if evil things are coming to you, they're not from God. Tell your neighbor what I said. If evil thing is not from God. Crazy stuff happens, but it's not God orchestrating that. It's God maneuvering you through that. It's God working with you so you can, you can get through that. It came to pass. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, Lord. Listen, look, check it out. He's gonna satisfy your years with good things so that your youth, so that your youth, not your baby, so that your youth, not your kids, so that your youth <laughs> is renewed like an eagle. Well, I looked up the word renewed. The word is restored <laughs> to make anew. It means to repair, <laughs> Re to restore by replacing or putting together what was torn or broken. To establish on a new, usually improved basis. So I looked at it. This is amazing to me. I mean, it really is amazing to me. When, when the Bible uses the word restore, um, the biblical meaning is to restore back more than had been lost. Causing the final state to be greater than the original condition. The point is that someone or something that is actually improved when it's restored by God. God, when he restores you, he restores my soul. Is that what Psalms 23 talks about? He restores my soul. When God restores something, he, doesn't, he does more than just restore it to its original base. 
he restores it, biblical restoration, is he restores it back better than what it was. I'm going to try to get that to you as we close this. When God restores something, he, he fixes it better than what it was before it broke or got messed up. The Chinese do this. What the Chinese do, if they have very old pottery that's very expensive coming from ancient China, they are masters at China, by the way, and creating pottery. When, 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 they, when one is broken, what they do, they pull the pieces together and they put the pieces back together with gold. They use gold to be the adhesive that keeps the thing together. So when they finished putting it back together, the thing is more beautiful than what it was before it broke. Tap your neighbor, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, God, God is the goal that when he puts you back together, you look better than what you looked before you fell, before you, before you sinned, before you messed up. When God begins to restore your life, you look, I'm, you, you are something unique. God makes you into something. It's so awesome because you're actually better, say better, better than what you were before you broke. Amen. God is not through with that because in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, he, it says he has created apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the what? For the what? For the equipping of the That word equip. One of, the, one of the definitions is to set a broken bone back into place. Everybody here ever had a broke bone know that when you set that thing, it's painful too, by the way. But when you set that thing back in the place, sometimes people fall out. They say, ah, the brain said, just go on and pass out so you won't have to feel this. So, so they set that bone back in, and they have to do it quick. Because if they don't do it quick, they're not able to get it back to where it needs to be. But, but, but they, they have to stretch all the ligaments, all the muscles, and the pain, the blood's rushing everywhere. And the people's going, ah! They're screaming, some of y'all can scream, some of y'all can scream. And, 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 and the bone, it, it stretch it back and they, they put it right back. Then they wrap it. They bind it. You painful. Put a cast on it. So y'all walking around. But there's something God did in your body. When, when that bone heals, heals so good it has extra protection around it in one sense it's stronger than when it was before in that place chances are it will never break in that place again when God restores something look you look at your neighbor say you ten times better than what you were before you came to Jesus you're ten times better I've opened this package for you today because God delights in restoring what was broken. God delights in restoring what was iniquitous, in restoring what was diseased. 
in restoring that which had been consigned to the pit, to rejection, where you were locked up, where you were unable to function. God delights in crowning those to other people who are unlovely, unlovable. God, when he loves you and you receive it, crowns you. Some of you have not received God's crown of loving kindness and tender mercies. Some of you won't let yourself, you haven't let yourself receive it because you, you're so disgusted with your own sin, you want to beat yourself up with it. Some of you can't, don't succeed because you don't believe you're worthy of success. Some of you won't put in the work because you don't believe that you're worthy of doing the work to get the success. Some of you will sabotage, sabotage yourself. And you're forgetting, you've forgotten that the one who calls you is the one who crowned you. You didn't earn it. Don't kick the letter under the carpet. Don't stuff it in a drawer someplace and don't open it. Open up the package. Read and see. Oh my God. Tap your neighbor and say, you, 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 you just become a multimillionaire. You were a multimillionaire and you didn't know it. We gotta go. Are you okay? So the Bible makes this declaration. I close with this. Speaking about the resurrection, which we are celebrating in just a few weeks. The resurrection is likened unto a body that is perishable. The 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians declares that this body is corrupted, perishable, corruptible. And you have never seen corruption like you see a body that's been deposed, rotted. You'll never forget it. He said, it is sown a perishable body, but it is raised an imperishable body. It will never be able to decompose again. But it cannot get to that state until it is buried in its, in its decomposition. In other words, you got to bury that body in order to get this new body. It is sown in dishonor. I don't care how much honor you had with men, potentates, kings, business persons around the world. When you die, when your body's dead, I promise you there's no honor there. When that body starts to decomposing, it is deplorable. And the Apostle Paul uses this to make an illustration for us. He says, it is sown it is sown, Lord have mercy, in dishonor. But the Bible says it is raised in glory. Are we there, Ken? Oh, I, yeah, it's up there. Is it? Yeah. It, it's sown, in other words, you plant it in the earth because, because it's so corrupt. If you leave a body open, uh, everything around it gets corrupt. 
disease literally begins to spread because of a body that you don't give attention to. That's why we have burials. That's why we have burnings. What do they call that? Cremations. The Apostle Paul actually is helping us to understand something about us. What package God has opened for us. Said body is sown with dishonor. But when it is raised, it's raised with glory. One of the ways we can see this is when Jesus, the, the, the disciples were sitting around in the upper room. Come ushers, the disciples were sitting around in the, in the upper room after the crucifixion, after the burial. And now the resurrection has come, but they've not seen the Lord. And they're sitting, they're gathered in the room. Jesus said, go tell my disciples, I'm going to meet them there. They all gathered there, and they were all talking about, of course, how really, I believe some of them wanted so badly to believe, but in their hearts, they're just like, really? We saw what he did. We observed incredible miracles, but when we saw him on that cross, taking that kind of beating, we couldn't hardly recognize his face. He didn't even look like a human being. If there is anything called dishonor, he was that. The Bible says, according to the Apostle Paul, it is buried in dis-sown. When he talks about sowing, interesting he uses the word sowing and reaping in this regard because he realized that what is sown is not going to be what comes up. Sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. So glorious until the soldiers couldn't stand it. In fact, they couldn't stand on their feet when they beheld that glory. Paul says about you and I, in the natural, we're going to be sown in the earth in corruption. But when you're raised, you have this, you have, you'll be incorruptible. He says, that body that is sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body, but it's raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural, then there is also a spiritual. And then he says this, the first Adam, talking about Adam that God breathed breath in, his, his breath into, became a living soul. But the second Adam, now rightfully called the last Adam, becomes a life-giving spirit. Now I want you to see the difference between what is sown and what is raised. And here's what I want you to understand. And we, we, you and I, we are right in between. We're in between the sowing. Look at your neighbor and say, look at them, see if they're dead or not. If they're still alive, then, then, they go, they, then I'm talking to you if you're still alive. What God did is when he died in his son, and we received him, he did a blood transfusion in us. Oh, 
I mean, your, 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 the blood that flows in your veins right now is the blood that flows in your vein, vein. And that blood is corruptible. That's why if you go looking for your roots, trying to find your salvation in your roots and your family, you're going to find nothing but corruption. Hello, somebody. Don't get me started on these folks that worship blackism. Don't, don't get me started. In your blood, uh, your blood is, is your, <laughs> your blood is natural blood. But what God did, it, he did something incredible. He also gave you his spiritual blood. You got two things working in you at the same time. The Apostle Paul talks about this in the sixth chapter of Romans, six, seven, and eight. He talks about this. There's death working in you by your, your old blood, and then there's life working in you at the same time. And the life working in you is what keeps you alive long enough to complete your mission. To complete your assignment. His life in you is what keeps you animate, moving, receiving all that he that has been. Listen, there's something what I just read for you in David's package. You can experience that right now. You don't have to wait until you are raised incorruptible in the resurrection. You won't need it then. You need what David's package said. Tell your neighbor, I need David's package right now. I need forgiveness and healing and restoration and crown. I need that now. It's working in you right now. That's why when a person says yes to the Lord, eternal life does not start when you die and raise from the dead. Uh, the eternal life starts the moment you receive Jesus Christ. When you re there is no other life for God. God's life is, is eternal life. His life that you receive for him, he's life in us. It's not the animate life we live. There's a whole lot of folks moving and have animate life, but they won't live forever. But the eternal life in you will always be in you. So even when your physical body is dead and gone, your life in Christ still lives and you will still be alive forever. Look at your name and say, I ain't never going to die. I ain't never going to die. In fact, now that you're a believer, we call what the world calls death, we call that sleep. I'm sorry that I took you too fast, too far. Forgive me. Okay, so, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that David's package is valid right now. You need healing? That's why Jesus hurts so much. That's why every disease was associated with him on the cross. You need healing? There is no disease that Jesus did not take on himself so that you might receive instead his healing. He heals me of all my diseases. Lift your hand. Those of you sitting there, you lift your hands. We're going to receive the table in a moment. I'm telling you whatever it is. I'm, I'm sorry. Jada needs, she needs this. I said Jada needs this. Oh, yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so does Will. He needed to. He got to get that disease. He got to get that disease taken care of. He got to get that mental. He got to get that healed. Healing is available. It's in the name 
of Jesus. Forgiveness is available. It's in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, for those whose iniquity you have already forgiven. I pray, Lord, for those who will by confession and repentance receive, receive that incredible package. We no longer have to walk day by day swallowed up in that iniquity, ruled by that iniquity. Lord, we declare, declare in the name of Jesus by his precious blood that we no longer, we are no longer bound in sin. We no longer have to walk in unbelief. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for those who sit here today and those who listen today. Here is the word, the package that God has unwrapped for you. Heals all my diseases. Forgives all my sins. Heals my diseases. Redeems your life from the pit. Pours over you loving kindness and tender mercies. Why would you reject that? Why would you run from that? Well, I don't deserve that. Of course you don't. If you deserved it, you wouldn't need it. Only those who recognize, I need your loving kindness and I need your tender mercy. That's kind of how I feel about it too. That's what I want to tell Jesus. Thank you. That's why we were singing, I love you, Jesus. That's why we are singing, I worship and adore you. I just need to tell you I love you more than anything. The unspeakable gift of God that comes to every believer will cause you to love him more than anything. So the Lord told the disciples before they ever knew what the package was. They didn't fully understand it at that point, but they knew enough to know that whatever he says is real. I want to tell you something. The communion table before and after the crucifixion are two different things. Before the crucifixion, they, they had hope. They had hope. Ooh-wee. After the crucifixion, when they had that meal, ooh, they had faith. Where's Judas? Oh, he, 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 he didn't come, Jesus. When I appear next time, make sure Judas is with you. How sharp are you? Are you messed up right now? Well, Judas didn't make it. Thomas is what I meant. You guys could have said, Thomas, Bishop, Thomas. Oh, you did. Oh, you just said that loud. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, we know what you're talking about. Okay, good. So for the, for the audience online, it's Thomas. Where is he? Where is he? 
Because when I wasn't in your midst, I still heard him. <laughs> Y'all say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't, uh-uh. I, I don't believe that. Only way I believe that, I'd have put my hands in them scars. You know that kind, right? Nothing. <laughs> when when y'all assemble together, I'll see you in a minute. So the Lord doesn't make a grand entrance to the doors. <laughs> it just, just materialized. Father, beam me down. <laughs> and, and they're sitting there and then, whoom, there he is. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine? And they're, and they're on their knees and they're looking at the oh my lord yeah you said it. that's good that's good my lord that's right it's good yeah uh, and 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 uh, he said come thomas can you imagine what thomas yes come in put your hand in my womb and by the way thomas it doesn't hurt Stick here thomas over this side where the heart is stick stick your hand up in here man can you all imagine you think he's crying by now you think he's broken he's done the, the, the communion after the resurrection was amazing he told them in the one before I won't eat this again until I eat it afresh and new with you in my father's kingdom so the next time he had communion with them the kingdom of God had manifested in the resurrection but that's a whole nother subject of another day we'll get into that later that's one reason why the believers have difficulty because they don't understand this time and the season wherein we live right now and Jesus said come put your hand here and touch me go ahead you can you can pass this. Just don't open it yet. Go ahead and, and serve it. You did already? Oh my God. Online, go ahead and get your Kool-Aid. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, can't do that. All right, so, so, when David declared, you have redeemed me, or you renewed me, he uses both words. He says, you redeem me from the pit, and you renew my life. He said, I'm, what God is doing for us is providing something better than before. What if God had some, had a, what if God had that magnificent gift for you, you never unwrapped it, you didn't even know it was there? I, I believe that's what, the way it is for many people in the body of Christ. Because they have not opened the scripture. They don't know what God really has provided. And if you don't know what he's provided, even though it's, it's there and it's real and it's active, you can't step in it and participate in it because you just don't know it's there.
so the second the second communion and they're all there oh my oh my now it's real now this they saw that run out of his body now this this bread they saw his body ripped I don't mean ripped as in built by the way stay but by the way, stay tuned for the new series coming. It's called Ripped. They, they saw his body torn, scarred, and beaten. Wow. Last person saw him cleaned up the scars, cleaned up his body before they put him in the grave. By the time he resurrects, those scars become stars same thing wants to do with your, your scars open the package he said when you drink this this is my blood he said this is my this cup represents it is my blood represented presented for you this this bread this is my body which is torn for you when you eat it and when you drink it, remember me. You will declare the Lord's death until he comes. He said, people that don't do this, they, they die early. People that don't unwrap the package and take it, I love them, but they die early. People that don't unwrap the package, they love, even they love me, but they are sick. Weak and even past. Paul said, Sleep. When we do this together, we are remembering him. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare this fruit of the vine, your blood, poured out for us, your life in us, in this life. For this time, this bread, your body, we, we take into ourselves your body that our bodies may be whole. I thank you, Heavenly Father. And we do this until you come or until we come to you. In, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's commune together. You were here before the world began. 